Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. As always, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Later today on the show, I will sit down with John Boyle from Seahawks.com. He'll talk a little bit about the Seahawks and what they're bringing to the table this week as they prepare to take on the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. We do not catch up with John DeShazer today, but we will catch up with him on Friday. Instead, I'll catch you up with some of the things that Coach Payton had to say in his conference call earlier this morning. He did confirm that Drew Brees is getting surgery on his thumb today out there in LA so he is not with the team in Seattle but instead getting surgery and getting on the road to recovery for that thumb. Uh, Coach Payton also was asked about the starting quarterback role going into this week. He did he didn't confirm that there was going to be a starting quarterback this week. Instead, he said, uh, you know, they're going to put their best game plan forward. They're not going to announce a starting quarterback. So it is between Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill going into Sunday. Of course, we know that Teddy Bridgewater did take over uh, as quarterback last week in the Rams game. But, you know, you never know what the game plan is going to be going into Sunday. So we will see. And, of course, they'll put the best game plan forward. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Seahawks.com writer. John Boyle. All right, John. So when I was doing research, uh, starting to, you know, look up who I was interviewing and stuff, I saw that you started something in the Seahawks locker room that I kind of thought was very interesting in the dad pod. Because uh, obviously you are a dad and there are many guys on the team who uh, are either new dads or have been dads for a while now. Uh, what is the most interesting thing that you would say you've learned from uh, the dad pod so far? Well, it's it's brand new. We just started that last week, and we're just kind of playing around with it. So uh, still kind of learning. For me, it's just interesting. You know, Quentin Jefferson was one of our first guys on there. He's got four kids, including twins he had when he was in college. Jeez. So um, it's just kind of hearing, hearing his stories of what it was like trying to juggle going through college, being a college athlete, little kids in the house, and he tore his ACL in college, so he's rehabbing too. So just sort of. How that actually, he, he credits that with helping him kind of get his head on right and, and be more focused. So just hearing some of his stories is pretty fun. Absolutely. I spoke with uh, one of our linebackers last week, and it kind of made me think of what you were trying to do in the dad pod because uh, one of our linebackers, A.J. Klein, uh, went out of last season and he didn't have any children. And then him and his wife uh, decided they, that they were going to adopt a child. And within 30 days of each other, they found out that they were pregnant and that they had oh, been selected as a family uh, for someone to give their child. So they, they were be going to become adopting, adoptive parents and they were going to have a baby of their own. So he went out of wow. last season without any kids. And then he entered this season having two kids and a newborn baby. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Holy cow! That's that. That's a lot all at once. I yeah, know. It's, uh, it's fun though. Yeah, it's, and and that's what he said. He said it's all fun. It makes it a little bit more challenging to be away from them, but uh, it is fun. And he he said he always wanted to be a dad. So happy to you know happy for him. Obviously, uh, John, I do want to get into some Saints and Seahawks talk. Obviously, uh, first thing, how does it feel to have one of the only quarterbacks in the league right now that's healthy? Yeah, you know, this these past couple of weeks have made me think about how maybe underappreciated that element of Russell Wilson's game is. And really until this week, it was the same thing for, for you guys in New Orleans with Drew Brees, of just the quarterbacks who are always out there. I mean, Russell Wilson, he's, he's played through a lot of injuries, but he has never missed a game. So mm -hmm. to, to have a guy who we're going into year eight now is on the field every week, it's it's a nice luxury for a team when you've got that guy you can count on who's just got the durability factor. And unfortunately for the Saints, 
you know, after years and years of that, they're they're dealing with it now. Of course, we know that that Russell Wilson is a great quarterback, but he seems a bit more selective in his passing. And the Seahawks seem like they're uh, a bit more of a running team. I mean, they're number one in rushing offense right now. Do you think that's going to make Russell Wilson last a little bit longer as a quarterback because he's not having that wear and tear on his arm? I mean, it could. We'll we'll see. You know, long term, he's got still. You know, in his in his view, he wants to play into his 40s, so he's got a long time to go. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll, as long as he's here, wants to have that balanced offense, and it, you know, that obviously helps the quarterback. But you still got to protect him. You know, when he is throwing the ball, and Russell's going to get hit hit a little more often than they'd like this year. He got sacked four times last week before they cleaned some things up. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they want to do everything they can to take care of him. Of course, and you mentioned the four sacks in the first half last week against the Steelers. Uh, do you think they, they've solved those offensive line issues? I know they didn't have any in the second half, and, and you wrote about that earlier in the week, but what corrections do you think that they were able to make at halftime, and do you think they are going to continue those corrections into this week against the Saints? Yeah, I mean, they hope to. The biggest change was more kind of getting the ball out quicker. That was something they really focused on, started shifting that way, and getting, you know, they tend to use a lot of play action and they like the deep ball. So sometimes those plays take a while to develop and that can leave your quarterback vulnerable. What we saw in the second half was a lot more of the quick passing game ball was coming out of his hand fast. And, you know, that's, that can be an offensive line's best friend when, when they just don't have to block as long. So uh, Pete Carroll, you know, he said on Monday, they, they want to kind of keep that element of their game, but you know, it's, it's going to be tough. We all know, you know, Cameron Jordan is a hell of a player and it's going to potentially make things tough on the Seahawks offensive line. So, you know, if they fix it or not, we'll see. But uh, it'll be a good test for them on Sunday for sure. Of course. Uh, you know, John, the Seahawks, as you know, are 2-0 and for the first time since 2013, which, of course, is when they won the Super Bowl. Does that create some optimism in you? And, and why do you think that they've been able to get off to such a good start this year? Yeah, I mean, the biggest reason for optimism in my mind is that they're 2-0 and and they don't really feel like they're playing very well yet. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've done some things well, but – They've, you know, we, we just talked about some of the pass protection issues. They couldn't run the ball very well in week one, which is kind of their, their main thing. The defense has some new pieces and is still kind of finding itself. So, yeah, it, it also penalties were a big issue last week. So they, they feel like, you know, they've kind of, I don't know if they've gotten away with it, but they've, they've sort of played through some issues and still come out on top versus last year. They stumbled a little bit out of the game, were 0-2, and were playing catch-up. So, yeah, I mean, this is a team under Pete Carroll, especially with Russell Wilson, that has always been a really strong finishing team. You look at their November-December record is always good. Russell Wilson's numbers tend to get better. So the fact that, you know, Russell Wilson is off to his best start statistically, they're 2-0, and feeling like there's a lot of room to grow. Yeah, it's, I, I think that's a lot of reasons for optimism. Without taking away from the Bengals and the Steelers, uh, would you think it's fair to say that the Saints are – might be the biggest competition for the Seahawks so far this year? For sure. I mean, obviously, the, the Drew Brees factor yeah. makes it maybe a little less of, of the case. I would have said, you know, look at the schedule a week ago, that yes, that's for sure their biggest test. Um, you know, this team tends to be really good at home, and so I always like their chances at home. So in that element, maybe I would have said going to Pittsburgh, you know, especially before the season when we kind of saw the struggles Pittsburgh was having, I would have thought maybe that was their toughest early season game. But yeah, I mean, Saints are always tough. You know, they've, they've got a lot of weapons even without Drew Brees. So I think this will be a very big test, especially for that Seahawks defense. You know, as long as whoever's playing quarterback can get the job done for the Saints, I, I think you know, they've got enough weapons on offense to really 
you talk about that uh, Seahawks defense, Jadavian Clowney, I mean, that was a pretty nice addition to start y'all's season. How how do you think he's adjusting to the Seahawks defense so far? You know, he's, he's made a good impact so far when you consider he, you know, he wasn't in training camp with Houston. He had no preseason, so he came in and had, you know, three days of practice and was on the field week one. I think we're going to see his role increase his playing time and, you know, just sort of his overall impact. But he's made a difference already. He's, you know, made some plays himself. You can tell he's taken attention off some of the other guys. And then they're hoping to get Ziggy Onsa back this week. He hasn't played yet. And if you add both those guys at once, that I think is going to be a really unique element that's going to test the opposing offensive line. On the on the offensive side of the ball, John um, DK Metcalf is someone that you know everyone saw in the combine. Obviously, he had that physique that everyone was sharing pictures of on social media. Uh, but oftentimes, we know that that doesn't necessarily result in a good NFL player, right? But he's been pretty good for the team so far. Are, are you liking what you've you've seen from him, and and wh- how much room do you think he has to grow this year? Yeah, I mean, everybody's been really impressed with him. The, the one thing Pete Carroll's kind of pointed out a couple times, they need him to clean up the penalties. He's had a couple, you know, whether blocking in the running game or offensive pass interference type things. So that's only really been the only knock on him. But, yeah, for a guy that you know, he had a little minor knee surgery in, in August, so he missed three preseason games and a good chunk of camp. So to come out week one and, you know, get 89 yards last week, you know, he had three catches and a touchdown. He's not a complete receiver yet, so to your point, to your question, there there is still room to improve as the season goes along. He's still developing, but when you're you know six four two thirty and can run like he can, <laughs> even when you're not the complete package yet, that's still you know there's still enough in his arsenal to to make a difference. And Russell Wilson's really trusting him, throwing some contested balls his way. So he's you know it, it's really early still, and there's a long way to go, but it's all encouraging so far what he's done for two weeks. Do you think that chemistry is slowly but surely developing? I mean, you just said that he was out for um, multiple games in the preseason. How long do you think it's going to take for Russell Wilson and DK to kind of get that chemistry that they're looking for? You know, it'll continue to improve, but both those guys have talked about how they they like where it's at already. And, And one element that's helped is, they spent a little extra time together during the, that downtime between off-season workouts and training camp. Russell Wilson spends a lot of his uh, off time in L.A., and D.K. Metcalf was down there for, I believe, it was the SB Summer Award thing. So they, they got in a little bit there, and then Russell Wilson always does a kind of summer camp thing where he invites the skill position players somewhere, and they all go work out together and throw a lot and basically kind of have a week of light practices so that they've got all that time so even though they missed some of the training camp russell wilson has talked about how that really kind of helped get things started absolutely uh again another thing that i when i was looking up the seahawks i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that i've watched every seahawks game i don't have nfl game pass so i haven't uh or nfl red zone so i haven't seen everything that the seahawks have done but i was frankly surprised to see that they were number one in rushing offense i feel like they've quietly done that year after year especially with chris carson but chris carson isn't one of those guys that you necessarily hear about when you're talking about running backs like todd Gurley and alvin kamara i feel like Chris Carson's kind of like that quiet storm but again I was surprised when the Seahawks uh like I said were number one in rushing offense yeah you know Chris Carson's a guy that was a little under the radar coming in the league he was a seventh round pick went to Oklahoma State where he was both dealing with some injuries at times and playing in a 
pass-heavy offense, so he was never a big name in college. But they loved him as kind of a value draft pick. He he was you know promising as a rookie early on, and then he got hurt, so he didn't really get to do a lot his rookie year. And then last year was that you know breakout year. He had 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he looks just as good this year. So yeah, the run game hasn't quite been up to par by their standards yet this year. You, know, you go back a year ago, they averaged 160 rushing yards a game. That's that's the kind of team they want to be, and, and Chris Carson is you know, looking like he can be a really, really good running back in this league. Absolutely. Well, I'll ask you our final question. It's our Seat Geek question of the day. Uh, the Seahawks, again, are number one in rushing offense, but the Saints are number two in the NFL right now in rushing defense. Do you think the Seahawks have an answer for the C- Saints defense this week? We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's why they play the game. But, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks, you know, they they haven't quite felt like they're hitting a running game the way they like it yet. Cincinnati did a really good job in particular throwing some new looks at them, some different fronts, and kind of they were a bit of a mystery with the new coaching staff. So um, this this will, as you said, you know, the Saints defense is much improved over what people remember from, you know, earlier this decade when they were getting teams running all over them. So it'll be a, it'll be a great test, and, you know, if they can get that running game established and run the ball they want, I think that'll, that'll obviously be a big element of success if they're going to have it. Well, of course, we'll have to see. John, I appreciate you really uh, so much for joining us on the show today. Of course, happy to do it. Thank you. Thanks to John for joining us on today's show. A lot of information packed into that interview. Our SeatGeek question, of course, was about the Seahawks, number one in rushing offense, and the Saints going up against the Saints, who are number two in rushing defense. Speaking of SeatGeek, if you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. That's code GOSAINTS, no spaces, at checkout. SeatGeek, let's go. All right, that'll do it for today's show. On Friday's show, I will catch up with John DeShazer, and we'll also introduce a new segment, Fantasy Football Friday. I'll speak to some of uh, the people in the office about fantasy football, their lineups going into this week, and what they think and what the best methods are for fantasy football. So we'll cover that segment on Friday's show, so be sure to tune in. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks for listening in.